In the criminal justice system, strangulation-based offenses are considered especially heinous. In Coquille, Oregon, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious murders are members of an elite squad known as the No Clue Crew. This is our podcast. In this podcast, we'll be investigating the recent death of local sweetheart, Hey Min Lee. She was strangled to death on January 13th, 1999. Our main suspect in the case remains her ex-boyfriend, Adnan Syed. Introducing our lead detective on the case, she's a modern-day Sherlock Holmes, Detective Ray Jackson. Hey, hey, here's the rundown on the last tragic minutes of Hay, Hay's murder. On January 13, 1999, Hay went missing. She was supposed to be on her way back to pick up her cousin after school, then head to a wrestling tournament which, out, which was out of town, where she was the manager for the team, but she never arrived. Only four weeks later, Heyman Lee's body was found in Lincoln Park, strangled to death. She was hidden in a shallow grave a few hundred yards from the road. No one really knows for sure what happened that day. But I can tell you, we got an opportunity that's out of this world. We have recently contacted Hay through a good old-fashioned seance. She's here with us today to help the investigation of her own murder. Can you believe that? Now, Hay, can you tell us if you're here? Yeah, I'm here. Well, first we have to ask the obvious. Hey, do you know who murdered you that day? No, I don't know who killed me that day. Do you have any idea who would want to hurt you, let alone kill you? Any guesses? No, I have no idea. I didn't think I had bad blood with with anyone. Well, sweetheart, sorry to say it, but you did. Let me give you the roundabout on your whole case, hey. You went missing on the 13th of January in 99. Your body was found in a shallow grave at Lincoln Park weeks later by a crazy man. And at this point in your case was thrown open because a boy by the name of Jay said he helped with your murder. Jay also pointed the finger at your ex-boyfriend Adnan. He has never he has been tried and already convicted to be guilty. He is currently serving life when he still claims his innocence. Adnan? The last time I saw him was that day during school. He, he wouldn't do such a thing, would he? I, I thought we were fine. Well, that's why we're talking to you. Do you recall anything from that day, hey? Your classes, who you talked to, what you did? Um, I remember going through school like normal, nothing unusual. After school, there was a wrestling tournament, but I was going to drive myself. Um, Adnan asked me for a ride, but I couldn't give him one. I, I don't remember what happened after that. No remembrance on what happened after school? No. I guess I never made it to wrestling. <laughs> Funny to say that. According to the prosecution timeline, you died at 2.45 that day, 21 minutes after school ended. Uh, Jay claims Adnan killed you in the Best Buy parking lot around that time. That seems so soon. How did we even get there by that time, and why Best Buy? Well, that's the problem. The timeline's pretty tight, and the only thing Jay claims and non called him for was from the payphone in the Best Buy parking lot. Trouble is, there is no payphone at the Best Buy parking lot. That sounds a little sketch. I don't buy it. Even if it was Adnan, it couldn't have been there. Something about this story just doesn't line up. That's the thing. All the lines in this case have just been blurred. Every time Jay's interview, the story changes again and again. We just need to know the truth. In the meantime, Detective Jackson catches Hay up to speed on the rest of her case so they can get down to business. So, 
Now that you've went through all the evidence in your case, how do you feel about it? Confused. Some of this just doesn't line up. Let's talk about Jay for a minute. Why does he know so much about the case? And what motive is there for Adnan to kill me? Okay, let's talk about it. Personally, I think there's something else going on here. And I think there's always reasonable doubt on if Anand actually did do it. In my opinion, he shouldn't have been tried not guilty. There are some things about this case, whether he really did it or not, that make me question. He should have tried not guilty. It seems um, prejudice may have came into play here. Adnan was Muslim, and it seems that that was an issue. I hate to say it, but this is inaccurate. I did have my doubts about his religion, but I don't think he'd really kill me over it. Well, with Jay's story, he said he was always scared of Adnan, and that he said Adnan hired people to watch him and to scare him. Another person who also said they weren't surprised that Adnan did it was one of his own teachers from high school. They said that Anand had an uncle who said he knew how to get rid of a body or even make someone fully disappear without no trace. That sounds like all talk to me, you know, high schoolers. I don't want stories. I want some real facts. What do we know for sure? Okay, well, let's go over why he, why we know he's not guilty. Jay's story doesn't match the cell phone towers. The Nisha call could have been a butt dial. And there's no phone at Best Buy. And Jay's story constantly changes. Right. That all sounds suspicious. Let's start with the cell tower pings. Jay's timeline doesn't seem to match with the pings on the cell towers. We know Adnan was with Jay that day because they both admit that they were with each other sometime during that afternoon. At the crime scene or not, they were together. Now what happened we don't know because Adnan doesn't have like a structured concrete alibi. But Jay has a story that matches some cell records. You know, the calls. But the cell phone pings at the towers don't match Jay's location story. For example, when the call to Jen at 321 came in, it pinged a tower nowhere near where Jay said him and Anon were driving. But according to Jay's story, they were actually in town when the 359 call to Patrick, one of their random guy friends, came in. But the cell tower pinged in a different place at that time. There's no way they could have gotten between the two places at that time. This is impossible. There's no way the tower could ping from that location. They, you can't. So, it's not actually true then. And what about the call? Why would Adnan call Nisha when he doesn't actually have his phone? That's a major problem. If Adnan left his phone with Jay, why would Jay call Nisha? Jay didn't know Nisha. He only heard Adnan talk about her, talk about her a couple times, but never like talk to her until that day. January 13th of 1999 at 3.32, which is just 45 minutes after you died. He must have moved on quick. So here's another reason. The call looks bad for Adnan. It places him with his phone when he claims that he wasn't. Phone calls for an unreason... Oh, Jesus. Pause. Phone calls are only charged if someone picks up or if they ring without being hung up for an unreasonable amount of time. This particular call lasted two minutes and 22 seconds. That's long enough for a time to be charged. This shows Adnan really had his phone. Or did he? Adnan and Nisha, Adnan had Nisha on the speed dial on his phone. He testified that in court. It's possible this call could have been a butt dial. Would you really let your phone last that long? Would you let it ring for over two minutes? 
could have been Jay that called Nisha, even if it was a butt dial. Jay could have had it in his pocket and never noticed that it was ringing until after just a few minutes. Yes, that could have happened, but Nietzsche said she talked to Adnan and Jay that day. It's possible her memory is still off as the facts she supplied Yeah. As the facts she supplied actually applied to the different days after Jay got his job at the video store. So we know it's at least a possibility. And there's more. Why was Adnan at Best Buy? That's kind of a conspicuous choice to murder someone and then call. I I just I don't remember anything about that. Yeah. Let's talk about the Best Buy moments, the time you were supposedly strangled in the parking lot, then Anon went and called Jay from the payphone outside of Best Buy? I, I have no memory of going to Best Buy that day, and why would I be going to Best Buy with Anon? What reasoning is there? I was supposed to be going to wrestling. That's where Jay's story starts. He picks up Anon at the Best Buy, once he gets the call to come pick him up at 236, well, that's what the prosecutors say in the trial, at least. Jay also says he saw Adnan standing at the payphone at the edge of Best Buy that day, January 13th of 99. He even drew a picture for the cops to show even where it was at. Jay's story's always changing. Besides, I never remember a payphone outside. Just the one inside of the Best Buy. So if Jay said he saw Adnan by the payphone that day, he must have drove through the Best Buy because the only payphone at Best Buy we've reasonably proved was inside. <laughs> I guess that's true because I even talked to the landlord at the time. They said they had no record of an outdoor payphone. I even went back to see the blueprints from when it was built in 95. There is no phone booth on the exterior blueprints. The latest pictures I could find of was in 2000. There was no payphone outside that day. So we can reasonably assume that there was no payphone at the Best Buy. From my research, hey, there was no payphone at the Best Buy. So we know that's not exactly plausible to fit with the story. Why are we convicting someone when we know the story isn't true? Well, that's why we kind of brought you back, sweetheart. Let's keep going. Not gonna lie, it makes me mad that Jay's stories keep changing. I understand that weeks later, if you're gonna come in and, you know, put someone behind bars, you should at least keep the story consistent to minimum to no screw-ups. You know, weeks later, your memory is bound to shift. But these are major, major changes. His story does change a lot. The cops even say it does. And they even try to catch him in one of his lies. But they always say the main plots of this story stayed the same. And that's why he was convicted. That's why it doesn't matter. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, sometimes details get shifted in memories. I just think big things changing are a red flag. First, he says he wasn't involved at all. Then Jay helps bury my body. Then he's back to being uninvolved, but still tosses his clothes in a dumpster? That's enough to put reasonable doubt in my mind. Reasonable doubt it is. In conclusion, we think Anon is not, not guilty. guilty. So many of the details of this case point, point towards a different story even though we don't exactly what happened that night. We know this ain't it. It seems the real truth died with me that day. Well, we'll see you next time on an episode of No Clue Crew. Maybe we'll bring someone cooler back. <laughs> this is Detective Ray Jackson.